live for goat's milk. I don't think anyone here lives for goat's milk. I'll tell you why. I haven't heard anyone here ever talk to me about goat's milk. And uh, I, don't, I don't often see people here like running around with glasses of goat's milk. And I never see anyone make like Facebook, Facebook statuses about goat's milk. And I don't, I don't ever see anyone wearing shirts that says like, I love goat's milk, goat's milk is my life. So I reckon it's pretty safe to assume that none of you guys live for goat's milk. Or if you do, you're just heaps embarrassed about it. But did you know that everyone lives for something? Every teenager on the Central Coast lives for something. You live for something. Um, But often we don't even know what we live for. For instance, I reckon most teenagers on the Central Coast live for fun. That guy probably does. That girl probably does. (laughs) So I reckon most teenagers... Sorry. Devo. I reckon most teenagers probably live for fun, but they don't even know it. And if you ask, but, here's how you'd find out. If you said to them, what's on your mind most of the time? What do you mainly think about? I reckon most people, these guys would say, my next surf, or hanging out with my friends on the weekend, or getting home from school to play Xbox. Those guys live for fun. But sometimes it's really hard to see, what, to see what we live for because we haven't thought about it. So take a teenager who lives for their parents' approval. It might, they might not even know that that's what they're living for. It's hard to figure out. And it, it may just seem that they're really concerned to do well at school. Or it may just seem that they're really concerned to do well in sport. Or they're just really concerned to be well behaved. But underneath all of that is that they're actually doing all these things to please their parents. And so the thing they live for is their parents' approval. Sometimes it's really hard to see what you live for. But everyone lives for something. You live for something. Now what's God's thinking on this? What does God think that you should live for? Well, God wants you to live for Jesus. He wants you to have Jesus as your king because Jesus is said to be the great king. He is the, he's said to be the king of the universe, the king of life itself. And so God thinks that you should live for Jesus. Now you saw it there in verse 59 when the Bible was read to us. Jesus says to someone, follow me. And we saw last week that to follow Jesus actually means to have him as your king, the one that you live for. But tonight we've got to ask the question, is that absolutely necessary? Why should we have Jesus as the king over our entire lives? That's what I want to have a look at tonight. Tonight, That's what we've got to figure out. But we've got some work to do. And so I hope you've got your Bibles open. Uh, and the, the two things we're going to look at to try and figure this thing out, why should we have Jesus as the king over our entire lives? Two things we've got to look at is, what does it look like to have Jesus as king? And what kind of king is Jesus? But first, let me bring you up to speed. Uh, In our our passage tonight that we're looking at, from Luke 9.51, we're at the turning point in the book of Luke. So far from here, uh, Jesus has been roaming around Galilee, and we should have a map that will come up. 
He's been doing all his ministry up here in Galilee. That's the, the yellow part. And here in Luke, we're at the turning point. This is where the book takes a dramatic change. And from this, this section on, Jesus is making a journey from Galilee down to Jerusalem, which is in the darker orange part. And so that's why we've called this series The Journey, because it's, it's Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. Try saying that heaps quick. No, don't. Do it later. And so we're at the turning point of Luke. And in, uh, so far, what he's been doing in Galilee, he's been doing his ministry. And so he's been roaming around, doing crazy miracles, and saying heaps confusing stuff. That's basically what Jesus does most of the time. And chapter 9 is no different. He's been, doing, he's been healing people, demon-possessed. Um, he's been doing crazy stuff and saying heaps confusing stuff. And now, at verse 51, we're at the turning point. And it's here, what I want to actually do is start now in verse 57. And what we're going to find out is there are three, three interactions with Jesus in this part. Jesus speaks to three different guys and he talks to them about following him. And these three different guys, they want to have Jesus as their king. They want to follow him. And so here, we're actually going to find out what it looks like to have Jesus as your king. And here it is. To have Jesus as your king costs everything. Now, these three guys want to follow Jesus, right? And Jesus does something really unusual. He doesn't say, cool, follow me. Let's go, game on. He actually warns them. He warns them that having him as king will cost them everything. Have a look in verse 57. The first guy says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And verse 58, Jesus replies. He says something heaps weird and confusing. Classic Jesus. He says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Classic Jesus. It, it sounds confusing, but in, instead of saying, yeah, cool, you want to follow me? Let's go, follow me. I'll be your king from now on. He warns them and he says something weird, something about foxes and birds and the son of man guy. But basically what Jesus is saying is that he, Jesus, does not have a place to rest his head. He doesn't have a place to rest. Jesus is not, did not have an easy or comfortable life. And so having Jesus as king will mean it'll cost them their comfort. It'll mean that their life is not an easy, comfortable one. The next two instances of the guys Jesus talks to are very similar. In both, these, in both the accounts, G- these guys want to have Jesus as their king, um, but they've got other stuff that they want to do first. And so Jesus says, don't worry about that stuff. That's not important. Come and follow me. So have a look there in verse 59. Jesus says to a guy this time, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus says, are you following me or not? Don't worry about that stuff. Just follow me. And again in 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back And say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. It sounds confusing, but what he's saying is, You can't join me and then neglect me. You've got to get your priorities right. You've got to commit, Am I going to be your king or not? It's kind of like being a Jedi. 
Who here has seen Star Wars? Okay, so most of you guys will get this. It, when, you, when you become a Jedi, I'm told, um, you, you, have, you actually get denied all this stuff. So if you want to be a Jedi, you're not allowed to get married. And you're not allowed to have kids. And you're not allowed to own heaps of stuff. Because if you want to be a really, really good Jedi, all that stuff's going to distract you. And it makes Anakin heaps bad. So that's kind of like what Jesus is saying. Now, don't freak out. Jesus is not saying, if you, want to, if you want to have me as a king, if you want to be a Christian, you're not allowed to get married or have kids or own stuff. He's not saying that. Don't worry. But the, the thing he's saying is, if you're going to follow me, you've got to get your priorities right. I've got to be number one. The point is, if Jesus is king, then he has to come first in all things. And so having him as king will cost everything. At times, you may not be comfortable. You may have to be the one at school who hangs out with the weird kid because no one else will hang out with him, and that's what your king would have you do. At times, you may be rejected, You may not fit in because you won't participate in gossip or you won't participate in clickiness or excluding kids from hanging out with you because you know that that doesn't honor God. And you'll have to get your your priorities will have to change. It may mean that you have to give up stuff that you love to do in order to put Jesus first. You may have to miss out on less fun stuff on a Friday night to come to youth. And so that's what it might look like to have Jesus as king. Now, remember our question at the start. The question was, why should Jesus be king over our entire lives? Because so far, we haven't got any answers. And if anything, I've just raised the stakes for the question. You're going, um, yeah, why should Jesus be king over my entire life? It's going to cost me everything. Why should I have Jesus as king? Well, in the part before it, as we see what kind of king Jesus is, we'll find out why he should be king over our entire lives. But I've decided I'm not going to tell you, so I'll see you later. Uh, I'm just joking. I just needed to stretch my legs. So, but I am not going to tell you. You guys are going to tell me, which means you're going to have to do all the work. So I'll just tell you where to go. You guys figure it out, all right? So let's start in verse 51. As we go to verse 51, I want you guys to have in your mind... What does this verse tell me about the kind of king Jesus is? You got what you're thinking? As we read verse 51, what does it tell you about the kind of king Jesus is? So pick it up, verse 51 says this, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Is anyone heaps confused? What does that tell us about the kind of king Jesus is? So it's almost time for Jesus to be going back to heaven. And so he commits to going to Jerusalem. So, so far, all we know about Jesus as the king is that he walks places. He goes to Jerusalem. Okay. Sounds confusing. Um, but what's, what's so significant about Jerusalem? Why is he bother going there? What does that tell us about him being a king? Well, let's flip back over to verse 31. Chapter 9, verse 31. I can hear your pages turning as well. So, Now, what's going on in this part of the scripture is um, this is a crazy event that's a one-off and it's the, some of the disciples see Jesus in all his glory even before he's died and come back to life. It's called the transfiguration. And verse 31, 
they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. So Jesus is about to leave for heaven, and that's going to be accomplished at Jerusalem. And he's walking to Jerusalem. So there's obviously something, something's going to happen once he gets to Jerusalem, and that'll mean that he'll go back to heaven. But what's that got to do with him being king? How does that, what does that tell us about him? Let's go to chapter 18, verse 31. So get your flip on. So the question we're trying to figure out, why is, why is he going to Jerusalem? What's that got to do with anything? So here's where you guys tell me the answer. Chapter 18, verse 31. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, we are We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written in the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. Why does Jesus commit to going to Jerusalem? You guys tell me. Why does Jesus commit to going to Jerusalem? Sorry? That's where he's going to save us? Yeah. And how does that happen? Dying. Jesus goes, all right, guys, it's time. I'm going to Jerusalem. Because that's where he's going to be killed. That's where he was going to be put to death. Jesus commits to going to Jerusalem because he knows that for us to be right with God, then he has to die. It cost him everything. It cost him his life. And out of love, he goes. Jesus is not suicidal here. He commits to going to his own death because he's the greatest of all kings. He's the king who willingly gives up his own life to save sinners, to save people who hated him. God shows us his love for us in this. While we hated God, Jesus committed to going to the place where he would die. Jesus shows us his love like you can't even imagine. You literally cannot think of anything more loving than what you just heard. I challenge, you, I challenge all of you, try and come up with something more loving than that. You cannot do it. Jesus shows love like you can't even imagine. There is no other king so great that would give his life for a people so undeserving. Why should Jesus be king over your entire life? It's because Jesus is the one who chose to die for you. Jesus is the one, he is the God who dies for humans. He's the creator who dies for rebellious creatures. Jesus ought to be king over our entire lives because he is the great king. But won't, won't having Jesus be hard? Won't having Jesus my king, won't it be heaps hard? Won't he cramp my style? Well, it'll certainly be hard. Verse 57, when the guy says to him, uh, I will follow you wherever you go, in Jesus' mind, what's he thinking? Where's he thinking he's going? He's like, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to this place so that I'll get killed. So following Jesus will be hard. It'll be following the, the king who was rejected by the world. Following Jesus will be hard, but there is no other king worth following. Will he cramp your style? 
Well, only if you care more about fading pleasures than eternal blessings. Sounds confusing. Follow me on this. Um, some people don't want to have Jesus King because he think that he, they think that he will ruin their fun. And guys, all the things that you think you will lose for following Jesus, you'll lose anyway. Popularity, be gone by the time you finish high school. Partying, you can only do that so much before your body literally won't let you anymore. You'll be old and it won't satisfy you in the end. Story after story after story after story confirms this. And it'll leave you empty. And you've only got 75 years to live if you're lucky. Jesus is offering eternal life and eternal joy. Joy and fulfillment that lasts forever. Please don't be so foolish as to think Jesus is here to ruin your life. He's here to make your life count. Jesus will make it count and count forever. So guys, what do you live for? Because you can live for anything. You can have anything you want as the king of your life. You can have money and sport and girls or boys, popularity, any of that stuff can be the thing that rules your life. But none of these will be a king the way Jesus is king. So I want, you to, I want to invite you to start living your life for Jesus tonight. Make Jesus your king. And that means recognizing that you need him as a savior because you haven't had him as king. And it means making him the king over your life. And he's a good king. He won't let you down. He's the king who died for you, who commits to going to the place where they'll crucify him so that you can be right with God. He's a good king. And Christian, you who already have Jesus as your king, follow Jesus in all aspects of your life. Now, I'm really excited about fat this year because we're going to be digging into this stuff, really deep into this stuff. Um, and we're going to see from Jesus' words himself what it means to have him as king. And it's going to be sick. But for now, i just say this. Um, quit keeping Jesus at bay in different aspects of your life. Quit keeping Jesus at bay um, in your home life or your school life or in your friendships or how you treat other people. Quit keeping Jesus from being king over your entire lives. Because he's a great king. And so Jesus should be king over your entire life. I'll pray. Father, thank you so much that you sent your son to die for us. Thank you, Father, that though it meant his death, he out of such great love, divine love, would willingly commit to going to the place where he would be crucified so that we could be right with you, so that he could pay our debt so that it wouldn't be upon us, so that we could have him as our king, and so that we can have eternal life that lasts forever, eternal joy. Thank you so much, Father. God, I pray for these guys who think Jesus will ruin their life. I pray, Father, you would open their eyes and show that Jesus will make their life count and count forever. And I pray for the Christians among us who are keeping Jesus at bay in certain aspects of their life, that they would see this and they would repent, and they would follow Jesus, and because of that, they would have great joy in seeing his goodness as the king over their lives. In his name, amen.